Hello, and welcome to my Kvetch. So, I've been meaning to record an episode for a while now. I have lots of notes about current events, which maybe aren't even so current anymore, but at least in the macro, things still going on and developing, such as Russia, Ukraine, um... The whole Supreme Court Justice, Roe v. Wade, um, a whole number of things I have written down that I wanted to discuss, but since I've had a little bit of uh, medical trouble lately, I haven't really been able to have the strength and the breath. I know it sounds hard to believe, but even just speaking for an hour is exhausting to me. I have a little bit of strength now, and I feel like some meds maybe have kicked in. I have maybe about three, maybe four hours a day where I have some capacity to function. And that's really what I want to more talk about, is reality. And what reality is for me and coming to terms with reality, which is difficult, but necessary. And that is as follows, is that I have a, an autoimmune disease that is, you'll have to pardon the noise that's going on, but my dog is eagerly chewing a bone that she moves around a lot on, on wood floors, and I just don't have the heart to stop her right now, because she's not even getting everything she needs from me, so... Um, I want to continue to be here to see her face and to enjoy her development into a, you know, she's, she's turning out to be a, a, a good dog, but she can be great, um, but I don't, the reality is I don't think I'll be here for that. But anyway, this autoimmune is um, it's quite diabolical. And I can ask all the existential philosophical questions in the world about why it's here and why God created it. The reality is the condition, which I've mentioned before, and I've done an episode maybe or two where I went down some rabbit holes of my medical situation and the, (coughs) the institutions and, you know, the medical mafia, so to speak. Um, But now I'm dealing with the reality that both based upon the past two and a half years of corona insanity and all these medical sheeple who won't speak up because they have to, you know, pay their mortgage or 
put food on the table for their kids so they become simps and slaves to the mafioso. Um, or they just echo the company line. But I've known this for over a decade when I've been struggling with this disease from Israel to New York to Louisiana to Connecticut to everywhere to all over. It's all basically the same. And so where I'm at is that I don't want to relieve myself of my liberty and autonomy by entering a hospital in the ER, most of which do not understand my condition and then will pretend to. And what that will cause me is pain, agony, uh, and things done to me against my wishes. Um, so I receive a monoclonal antibody that seems to have taken its course and my body is no longer responding to this treatment. I've been receiving this treatment for about three years. I fought for this treatment. It was initially promised to me when I was first vented in 2017, I believe it was. And uh, I wasn't really responding to the treatments they were giving me when I was vented. I was devented and then had to be vented a second time during that ICU stay, probably because of either the fentanyl they gave me, which I had told them not to give me, or they gave me uh, a, a, an IV of way too high steroids, which I don't know why that was even scripted or authorized. Again, someone who doesn't understand the condition, probably someone who never even came into my room, scripted and authorized that. And that was pretty brutal because I had been... I had been devented and I was so glad to get the vent out of me. I think it was, I was only, I had only been on it at that point maybe four or five days. And then once they put it back in me, it was, uh, it just, it just was, you know, emotionally and mentally exhausting. Um, waiting for doctors, rounds not made. I mean, if you have someone in ICU, then there's no excuse not to not to see for the round for the doctors not to make rounds at least once a day to meet with that patient and their family or their allies or their advocates to get an update to see the clinic the diagnostics the clinicals and to talk about what's going on even though I might not be verbal um, there were things that I wanted to message the doctors about and ask them about which I was doing by writing when I was able or, or, or writing on my phone. But anyway, um, I'm just trying to give a little bit of a picture. Last year I was in the hospital for 33 days. I was not vented 
I could have been vented, meaning I was right on the right on that fence. In fact, I think that most most uh, people with with the with the diagnostics that I was um, exhibiting, most people should be intubated, and most doctors and institutions would. In my case, I guess my diaphragm was still working enough, and I wasn't, I wasn't yet choking or having my esophagus cut off. Um, the, the condition I have is called myasthenia gravis. That's M-Y-A-S-T-H-E-N-I-A, and then it's separate word, gravis. It means grave muscle weakness. Um, any medications that have a side effect of asthenia means that your muscles can get compromised or weak. So probably if you took a some kind of muscle relaxer, a Valium, uh, Percocet, things like that, uh, probably have that warning on them. Very few drugs am I allowed to take for any kind of pain I have, whether from the condition or from the medications that I take daily and bi-weekly. Um, for the past week, I go to bed very weak, and I anticipate that I'm going to wake up weak. For some reason, I'm frigid cold every morning. My place is not cold. Um, I think I was frigid cold, and the temperature said like 75 on the thermostat. So I'm not in a cold place, and I've been jacking the heat up to nearly 80 degrees. I don't know what that's about. I think that might be partially a lot of uh, anxiety. And speaking of anxiety... That's because I just keep thinking so often about what my what my expiration will be like. Am I going to suffer? Am I going to suffocate? Am I going to choke and suffocate? Or am I going to suffocate from my diaphragm shutting down? And I've been thinking about, I've thought about this in the past over the, over, I would say probably over the years, but nothing as intense as I've been thinking about for the past several weeks. It's kind of a relatively constant thought and I've been writing some thoughts on it and some notes to people you know and people should not take any of those notes as um, you know, sometimes I'm critiquing some of my interaction, you know, my, my relationships but as I say in, 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 in those pages, you know, all is forgiven. Um, and, and that's all I can say is that, you know, there's very few people that I don't forgive. Um, those people are really mostly medical professionals or, un, or non-professionals um, who, who did wrong by me and caused me pain or caused me to be worse or caused me to be suffering. So those people can burn. I really don't, I don't have much empathy for them. Um, um, 
but my entire functioning is compromised. Uh, like I said, I have a few good hours. I can barely walk my dog up the block. I can barely walk in my in my uh, in my rental, which is just you know one floor. Thank God I don't have inside stairs. Uh, I can't really. You know, my neck functioning is starting to go, which probably means the choking is going to come soon. And uh, the diaphragm isn't doing so well, I don't think. You know, and it's, um, you know, when someone's facing what I'm facing, we think about how we wish we could have done more good in the world. And then I have more good to do. And I just really want to, I work a very simple job serving people food, serving people deli. I've always dreamed of my own operation, which is very difficult because I need to have partners and people who work with me or for me that will show up every day when I can't show up. And that becomes, you know, that becomes a, a cost and a, and a challenge when... Like, I'm the person that loves to just work. I used to be a workhorse, especially physical work, organizing things, um, cleaning things. And, you know, I'm, I'm talking about food, but um, serving people, um, um, being excited about the food, giving people samples, um, um, just you know, uh, taking pictures, posting to social media, coming up with creative names, creative ways to tag things in social media. So I, I just haven't had the ability to do that really on my own, aside from my prior pop-ups and um, haven't been going to work because I can't do it. And... Um, and my body, my body is just exhausted. My body is shutting down. And I'm holding out some hope that a, another monoclonal antibody that is, um, that is newer just came out and, and maybe they can get that to me, let's say, in time because time's ticking. Um, the one I get now is called Solaris and... The scientific name is Eculizumab. And uh, the one I'm waiting on is Ultimaris. Ultimiris, I think it's called Ultimiris. Basically very similar. Um, and um, and um, uh, I forget the scientific name of that one. I think it's like res I don't know. I don't remember. It's a little tongue twister right now. Um, so, Coco, no, I I can't right now. So, um, you know, I'm I'm. There's a lot I want to say. I may not be able to say it all, and. Uh, my dog is also putting, Coco's putting some demands on me uh, for attention. She probably needs me to save some strength to take her out. 
Um, but, uh, but, um, you know, I'm good with my creator. I don't think I'm, uh, I'm any kind of tzaddik with my creator, but I'm good with how I've approached my life and how I've conducted myself. Obviously, I've made mistakes like every person. But um, it's hard to face these facts. You know, this is not a slow roll kind of thing usually. Um, you know, like a machala, like a cancer or something like this, which I've had also. Um, and this is like things may come on pretty suddenly. <clears throat> right now it's been a little bit of a slow roll, but things could certainly come on suddenly. And uh, so, so back to the, the hospital also. In the past, what has been a, 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 a treatment for me has been um, something called IVIG or plasmapheresis. IVIG basically adds uh, plasma to my system, plasma that is from healthy people, and then those antibodies are supposed to go to work to um, create the proper, let's say, chemical dynamic in my body that is not in my body. And what myasthenia gravis does is that the... Um, the body sees, uh, so when we have a thought to make a muscle movement or the body is automatically um, moving a muscle like the parasympathetic system. So for example, our muscles that control our diaphragm or I want to send a message to my hand to, you know, pick up the you know, a cup of water or a bottle of water. So the synapse from the from the from the the message messages go to the synapse, and at the end of the synapse, this is all like basically, I guess, either near light speed or something like that inside the body. Um, the signal gets sent and the um, muscle has receptors on the end to receive that signal. And that chemical um, signal is called acetylcholine. We all have it and we don't think about it because we don't have to think about it. Even, even the intentional movements versus the you know, parasympathetic movements which, are, which we don't have to think about. Well, in my body, the immune system sees the acetylcholine receptors that are on the ends of the muscles to receive that chemical instruction. It sees them as enemies. And it's not fully understood why. There's a lot of different research, but it's not really fully understood why is the body doing this? Why is the body turned on itself to say those receptors or are, are enemies are bad. When they're not, they're the opposite, obviously. So that's what's happening in my body. And um, sometimes it's controlled. High-dose steroids, these monoclonal antibodies. There's other things like chemo medications that people take to... 
basically suppress the immune reaction, to suppress the immune system. Some of them are very general, like steroids, which are prescribed for lots of different um, um, medical uh, issues. And some of these are more specific, let's say like the monoclonal antibody. Uh, okay, let me take that back. Maybe, maybe not necessarily specific, but they, they act in a different way on the body. The way I, I say is that the monoclonal antibody is attacking the immune system while they're in their barracks, you know, kind of like waiting to attack because it attacks the complement, or at least that's what the scientists call it. It's called the complement, which is, you know, before it's a preempt, it's an ambush. It's trying to stop the body from even initiating the immune reaction rather than responding to the immune reaction when it already happens, like let's say steroids maybe do. And so this is my um, unfortunate reality. It's, um, it's, uh, it's not fun. When I'm good, I'm certainly not like a normal person because the war is 24-7 and it never ends. It's unrelenting. So even when I'm good, I anticipate that there's going to be some point down the road where I won't be. It's great, the marvel of modern medicine, being able to develop some of these things to keep someone like me alive in the past, let's say decades ago. Someone like me didn't have very long weeks, maybe months maximum. Uh, certainly respirators were not the technology they are today. But I'm nearing not having any modality to stop this descent. Now, I said in the past I've used plasma, something called plasma and IVIG. Both of these um, infusions are derived from human, uh, human donations of plasma or blood. And in the past, they've worked. Uh, I was on IVIG for a year until I crashed and had to be vented again, unfortunately. And plasma has worked for me both as a, um, let's say, like an outpatient, um, what's the word I'm looking for, like a moderator. I wasn't willing to go on, a, on, a, on an oral chemo drug, so the doctor put me on a, like a once every three weeks, once every four weeks um, um, what do you want to call it? Uh, plasma. And I've also gotten plasma in emergent situations like in the hospital. The last time, last year in the hospital, neither of those was working for me. It was They were actually making me worse, I think. And the issue I have at the moment is that those products, which again are derived from human uh, human donations are not being screened for the mRNA vax. And I am 100% convinced if I receive those um, things that are in the vax, 
I'm going to be in a serious load of trouble. And what I've seen with people receiving these treatments that go bad is not something I want to endure. It's haunting, it's frightening, and I'd rather not submit to that. Now the other aspect of that is, even aside from the treatments, and even if the treatments didn't have people with um, unchecked and unfiltered blood from the vax, it didn't work last time. But even aside from it working or not working, is the reality is the reality that um, that um, when I enter those doors of that hospital, my autonomy and my liberty and my ability to make choices and my ability to to not suffer is is um, it, it, it doesn't become mine anymore. It becomes the corporation and whoever is in front of me on that particular day. And I'll say that I... The problem is also that, you know, let's say I, 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 I have a miracle in the sense of I get Dr. X or Nurse Y and they're like the most amazing doctor and nurse ever. They listen, they're receptive, they do research, they figure out as best they can what to do for me. And again, there's not much a hospital can do for me because the two treatments that might be relevant, I'm not willing to put in my body. And the, these monoclonal antibodies, they often don't provide for people in the hospitals. And again, I'm not talking about for corona. I'm talking about they are FDA approved for my condition. But usually it's a due to a money thing and reimbursement they will not infuse them in the hospital. Um, so, um, so then I would go to the hospital and I would just get worse and worse until they vent me and that just becomes agony, could be collapsed lung, could get pneumonia and it could just be a wasting away while they're just giving me sedatives to send me to my dreams and that just doesn't, I just don't, that's just not what I want. Um, you know, it's just going to be drawn out and long and other people making decisions for me. Both, both. And um, so there's not much a hospital can do for me at this juncture uh, aside from taking away my, my, uh, my liberty and waiting until I get bad enough to vent me. But going back to, even if I got amazing Dr. X and Nurse Y, amazing people, and I've had those Dr. X's and Nurse Y's who are amazing, totally amazing. The problem is, on any given, you know, 48-hour duration, there's like, you know, could be 8, 9, 10, 13 people, different people coming in. You got the respiratory therapist, you got the people, you know, taking blood, you got the, you got the doctors doing their rounds, you got the regular doctor, you got the neuro, you got the specialist, so to speak, you got people that are being consulted that aren't even at the hospital, they're being consulted from, from long distance, wherever they are, this happens, yes. And then you have however many nurses coming in, and you hope that they're good and empathic, um, but often they're not. It's a job, that's what they're there for, 
And, um, and that's it. You know, it's like, it's a job. It's not a, it's not a calling necessarily. And even if it is a calling, they don't really, you know, you get a busy signal. So, um, I'm not going to go deep into all the different things that I've experienced. Um, you know, and I'm, I I really need to, um, try and, um, take Coco out while I have a little bit of strength. But, um, it's a little bit, um, it's unnerving, but it's, you know, it is what it is to be thinking about my demise and thinking about how that's going to go down here at home. I, I, I still hold out hope that, you know, since the hospital can't rescue me, maybe the, uh, come on, come here. Since the hospital can't rescue me or help me, maybe the different people, you know, my doctor and the, you know, the drug company and insurance can get this medication to me quick. Um, I've been just really, you know, it, it, it's hard for the brain to process some of this, my own brain. And I hope that maybe that's possible and maybe I'll get this infusion and it'll work for me and maybe that saves me for, you know, hopefully at least another year, but, you know, hopefully until the next thing comes out, maybe. I, I really don't know. Um, but right now it's not looking so great. And uh, and I won't... Um, Bo, 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 come here, come here. I won't, um, I won't submit to that tyranny. And then... You know, since Corona, obviously, many of us have seen what's gone down at these institutions and these hospitals and, and what's happened. And um, and uh, I've known this for like a decade, but I just, that's just not what I want my end to be. I certainly don't acquiesce or agree to be a vegetable, that's for sure. Um, I don't want to be, um, I don't want to be resuscitated if... I'm going to be brain dead or I'm going to be incapacitated. I don't want a caretaker. The fear I have, the fear I have of being abused uh, probably comes from being in the hospital, Bo, Bo, and, uh, and what I've endured. And then, um, and then um, just all the more so I can imagine if I'm incapacitated, you know, until I take my last breath, that could be decades of depending upon someone else to, to care for me. It's just not... I used to be an able-bodied person and very active. And I'll, I'll leave with one thought that, you know, all the, I said to someone the other day, all the INGs, all the verbs in my life have been stolen from me. It's like, and I said, you know, <clears throat> it may sound harsh, but like Hashem has uh, maybe like pickpocketed me in a certain way. He's, he's blessed me with this wonderful disease that's for a reason, what reason I don't know, and I and I ask that often. I didn't. I never ask why me, but I ask, what do you want from me? So Coco, Bo, Coco, come on. So I'm trying to figure that out. I don't know if I ever will. I don't know if I'll ever be elucidated. Maybe not until the next phase of my my soul. But this is what I'm enduring, and um, I just wanted to record it, I guess, for posterity, so people understand. And, um, and going, you know, and, 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 you know, what might be my demise and not seeking help or even maybe facilitating, you know, a a quick, a quick, um, end, um, is not selfish. And what I said and what I wrote, it's in something that I wrote. I said, um, 
what's ultimately selfish is for other people thinking that I should remain here suffering, um, you know, for their for their conscious, and that's that's selfish. And I don't mean that in a in a in a like in a derogatory way, and I don't mean that in a tongue lashing way. It's not a harsh critique. It's just I'm just trying to I'm just trying to show what the um, you know what what my thought is. You know, it's a simple selfish. It's not. It's nothing. I mean, it's 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 beyond that. I can certainly extrapolate that. But um, someone who wants to, you know, not be here anymore because they're suffering, that's not a selfish thing to to not want to be here. Um. So, um, you know, but I read something on Shabbat. I'll leave with this because I really do got to try and take her out. Is that um, I was reading an Ishbit's book, Wisdom of the Heart, that was. Um, I guess referenced or recommended by Rabbi Moshe Weinberger in one of his um, shir, I forget which shir it was. Um, and I, I have the book. It's a very intellectual and very, very, it's like a little hard to read because of just the way it's written, although the author is amazing. Um, and I got to a, a, a spot early on in the Sefer, some of which I also read on Pesach, but that Hashem gives us the strength to suffer. And she was referencing Mitzrayim and and some other things, I think. And I and I hear that, you know. But I but I'm I'm not any Rebbe Akiva and I'm not Yitzhak Avinu, and so I'm not sure. Like I'm not sure how to process that. I hear it, and I see it in my life. I've been given the strength to suffer over over a decade, over more than a decade. Um, things have progressively gotten worse for me over the years but even after my I had surgery to remove um, the thymus gland which was supposed to help my myasthenia gravis uh, or it needed to come out it was malignant um, you know I, I that surgery was a you know when I woke up that was that was some suffering I did not expect what you know I did not expect to wake up feeling the way I felt and it's been for years, it's been since that was two thousand nine. I've never been the same, and so um, I have been given the strength to suffer. But at some point, for all of us, other than um, you know <coughs> Eliyahu and is it uh, what is it Oban Oban I think or Eliyahu and I forget. Um, there's very few of us that don't perish in this world, obviously. <laughs> So, it's tough to to think about these things and think about, you know, the things I wish I could have done better or accomplished more, things I want, you know, in the past and moving forward, how to rectify the mistakes I've made and, but, you know, there comes a point, I guess, for everyone where we have our red lines, we have our limits And um, it's hard to think about, but I wake up each morning, I feel like my drugs, maybe it's now 2.38, I woke up a little bit late, like 10.30, but barely could function, tried getting on the BiPAP, it wasn't really helping, and I've had constant surges of anxiety, this is not normal for me, I'm not a normally anxious person, I don't feel anxiety, Pretty much most of my waking hours, I now feel anxious. 
and I don't exhibit that outside, like outside, you won't see that anxiety in my behavior, but inside I just have what feels like surges of um, adrenaline. Um, and that just be maybe my body's way of also saying, you know, things aren't going well. I think it's mental. I do. Or emotional. Uh, the problem I have is that if I enter the hospital, they will push, 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 push these antipsychotic, antidepressant, anti-anxiety medications. And I don't take things for it. <clears throat> and almost all of those medications are contraindicated for me and would likely make me worse. So it becomes, you know, what do you do, you know? Um, I One hospital I was at, I asked them for Benadryl so I could sleep because I couldn't sleep. And they denied me Benadryl because they said it would compromise my respiratory system, which is just an absolute joke. Um, so, you know, the lack of sleep, all those things, it just it'll just be like an ugly fight, battle of wills and end, and they will, you know, I've had security called on me so many times in clinics and hospitals, family members who had security called on them, not for, not for, for nothing, not for anything, not for doing anything wrong, just for voicing and expressing either dismay at the treatment or what's going on or whatnot. And it's just not, <clears throat> it's just not what I need. It's not the kind of end I need. The end I need is quiet, hopefully as peaceful and quick as possible. And I'll say Shema, say goodbye to Coco, and that's all. You know, that's all she wrote. That's all he wrote. And it's, uh, it's, it's tough to face it because I had so many more dreams, most of which was just having a family. I just wanted to be married and have a beautiful wife and kids. And I wanted that when I was very young, when I was like 15, 16. Okay, not 15, maybe like 17, 18, 19. That's really what I wanted. I just wanted to build a family. And over the past few decades, I just wanted to really be involved in either teaching or food. And uh, there's another verb that's been taken from me. Teaching, running, weightlifting, working out, grappling, cleaning, training my dog, rearing kids, marrying, building. I used to be handy. I could fix things. I could build things. So it's a, it's a, you know, it's a hard life to wake up, to medicate, to sit here suffering, thinking about, okay, how many more days of this can I take? And how many more days till I will have greater failure and um, and then getting like, uh, you know, maybe like a few hours, um, you know, with all this like anxiety that doesn't really end. Like I'll have a little bit of a break and I'll be like, oh, good, there's no anxiety. And then <laughs> as I'm like thinking that the anxiety surges, it comes out of nowhere. It's not like, so it's... Um, this is not my normal profile, not at all. So when this is happening, it's happening for a reason. But if they want to push those meds on me, they're pushing me to a point where I'll have to be on a respirator. And in fact, the last hospitalization, um, I was completely failing. I couldn't 
breathe. My diaphragm was failing, but they were just looking at my oxygen saturation, which will not indicate um, the diaphragmatic failure. What will happen is suddenly it'll change and it'll 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 um, drastically go off a cliff. And so I was fading to black when I was demanding. I was pointing to the BiPAP and asking them to sit me up and get me out of the bed because I couldn't breathe. And they were watching. And then the, one of the nurses queued up a uh, syringe of Ativan, which probably would have crashed me completely. Um, but then I sat up. They, I pissed myself because I was losing control. Had I had any food in my stomach, I would have defecated myself. I know, not nice things to talk about or think about. Uh, but then they gave me the BiPAP, and I and I was able to pull out of it. Um, and I think I was on that for the next several hours, sitting in a seat. Even though they kept telling me, oh, this won't help you, this won't help you, you can't have it. We don't want you to become dependent on a BiPAP, which is just an absurd notion as someone's crashing and burning and desperately asking for some relief. So I don't know where things are going to head. I do want to try and walk this uh, beautiful, beautiful beast. And um, maybe I'll record again. I do have more to say about this. Uh, But, you know, maybe this just gives people some perspective and what I've endured, it's hard, really hard to do alone, um, really hard to get up, and, and, and when I'm going through all this, just feel useless, um, you know, not going to work, not providing for myself, not earning my way, um, just really not able to function so well. I'm sure at some point I'll become incontinent if my muscles continue to fail, and uh, it's just a, well, I could say it's a shitty road, but that would be a bad joke. But it's, you know, it's just not, it's just so, my brain is so scarred from the past times. The abusive people that have confronted me when I've been so vulnerable and I don't want to be in that position ever again. And no matter what anyone says about being there for me, the bottom line is at some point visiting hours are over and at some point people go home to their families or their lives or their dogs and I'm left alone with the staff and it can get ugly and I don't want that. Um, Because you can imagine my mind goes to dark places when staff is, you know, maybe not treating me good, you know, both about myself and what I want and the end I want, as well as, you know, angry thoughts about them. And I just, it's like, why, why would I, why would I surround myself with such, with, with that, with such evil when I, when I have a choice not to? Okay. That said, I hope that maybe I'll be able to get this new infusion ASAP. Maybe it'll help me. Um, and, uh, and I'll, I'll have a little bit more time on this earth, but, um, I just don't know what's going to be yet. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely slipping kind of fast. Each day seems to be 
a little bit worse. Um, and I don't know what to do otherwise. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hearing me. This is definitely a mic fetch I'd rather not be making or rather not be recording. But, you know, to all the people that have passed my, you know, passed across my path, you know, I love y'all. I mean, even if I've had differences, I do love y'all. Again, aside from those few people, those few doctors, those few people that harmed me er, er, erect. How do you say that word? Irreco- irreco- not irreconcilable. Irreco- I can't say the word. Irrecoverably? Irrecoverably? I don't know. How to, I know the word I'm trying to say. But anyway, yes, let's say irreconcilable. There are certain things that are irreconcilable. And um, <clears throat> so those people, some of them I don't even know their names, but um, they're not forgiven. Um, but anyway, um, I'll hold out some hope for a little while. And then um, we'll see where things go. Thanks for listening to Mike Vetch. Have a wonderful day. Appreciate life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and your family and friends and kids and grass, fresh cut grass, that smell. And um, there's a great uh, story. I've never been able to find it. It was in a textbook that I taught and the author's supposed name was W.P.Kinsella. I think it was K-I-N-S-E-L-L-A. It was when I was teaching in Long Beach, New York. And it was called The Smell of the Grass. And it was about coming back from the winter to watch baseball. When baseball used to be, like, worth watching. Now, I wouldn't turn on a game if someone paid me. Because they're all cheaters and liars. But... I can still appreciate the smell of that grass, that fresh cut grass, butterflies, bumblebees, dogs. It's all wonderful things to appreciate. Earning money, the feel of cash in hand, you know, after you've worked hard for something. All those wonderful things about life, learning Torah, friends, chillin', camaraderie, schnapps, singing, nigunim. It's a holy world we live in. But unfortunately, we're just in these costumes until the Holy Abishter decides we're not. So I'm putting it in Hashem's hands and uh, and the people here, you know, davening for me on this earth, beseeching the heavens up above. And I'm just, you know, on the magic carpet right at this point. There's very little that I can do to facilitate my own my own um, survival. That's it. It's really just in Hashem's hands. Thanks for listening. Love y'all. Kol Tuv.